right. Welcome in, guys, to the podcast this week. Today, I have a guest. Struss, what's up? Not much, Ryan. How are you doing? I uh, ain't doing too bad. I can't complain. Uh, I did make a Thursday night lineup this week just because I was uh, – there was a trade to talk about. Not really a big trade, but also – uh, I have a guest on today and would like to chit chat a little bit with him before we get going. So the trade that has happened uh, was with me and Peter and uh, talking to him for, I think it was a total of a day with this trade. Usually my trade talks go for about a couple hours, a couple minutes. It's yes or no, or uh, recently it's been going for a couple of days. Uh, but this trade, I receive Jerry, Judy and Peter gets Isaiah McKenzie. Russ, what do you think about that trade? Yeah, so um, it's kind of interesting because I think the player's value is pretty much on par with each other. So I'm trying to figure out, um, I think on my end, what is the benefit that either of you guys were looking for here. So um, from what I see, Ryan, I think uh, with you owning Josh Allen and Gabe Davis, you kind of had a lot of stock in Bill's kind of offense. And maybe it came down to one of these things where uh, on a weekly basis, you wouldn't be sure who to start. And you kind of wanted to take away that, um, that fear of not starting the right person and kind of spread your um, resources to other offenses, which I think I like. Um, I don't really like Russell Wilson, um, at least at the moment with his production, but I think they'll finally start clicking uh, within the next few weeks. And I think Jerry Judy will be a big part of that. So I like, I like it from your end. And then from Peter's side too, I mean, he gets, he gets a piece in the best offense in football. So I, I think, um, I think it was a good trade for both parties. I don't know, back me up there if I'm on the right kind of way of thinking that, that you had there. No, that's, that's exactly that's that's half of it, uh, or maybe one third of it. One, uh, like you said, I have Josh Allen, Gabe Davis, that picking the right wide receiver to play. Uh, it was kind of frustrating a little bit with that. Uh, but yeah, I didn't want that. Uh, the second thing is, I did want a little bit more options to play, and that kind of ties into the third thing. Uh, I mean, I'm on the trade finder trying to look through everybody's lineups Monday and Tuesday and just send out some of them are bullshit offers. And some of them are uh, mainly uh, in my opinion, even swaps uh, really haven't tried to go hard. Everybody else likes to give me uh, some of their garbage and try to get uh, Justin Jefferson and others. So I don't, I don't try to go big like that unless I'm also giving up a big piece but yeah, that's and uh, I'm really on the hunt for next week. Uh, I needed options for next week. Uh, pretty much my whole team's on by next week. Uh, oh, okay. Just uh, so Allen, Justin Jefferson, Devonta Smith, and uh, Gabe Davis, and also it was with Isaiah McKenzie. They're all on by next week. So I sent out, I know I texted you, I texted almost everybody in the league, say, hey, do you want Isaiah McKenzie for a bench wide receiver that you have? Because 
I didn't want to drop him. I feel like if I dropped him, he's just going to be picked right back up. So I might as well see if I can get something rather than nothing from him. Yeah. And I didn't get uh, – I forget his name, that Colts wide receiver. I missed it by like $2. Said uh, so uh, that Pierce. hurt. Yeah, Pierce. Pierce. I tried yeah. to get him, but when I saw I didn't get that, I was like, oh, shit. Uh, so, yeah, I didn't have – only thing uh, – what's his name? Hopkins comes back next week, so that will help. Uh, and everybody says it's so hard to trade for a running back. I think it's hard to trade for a wide receiver, really, because there's only like a handful of dudes, and you start three of them. So if someone has only like one big wide receiver, why would they want to trade away their only wide receiver to get – I don't know anything. I texted uh, – I don't know if that's with you. I don't know how often you're sending out trade offers, but I, it's been rough this year to send – get any type of trades going. I mean, we've really only had one big trade and then this small little one. I feel like it's rough. Yeah, I think, I think people are definitely sending feelers out. I mean, I know I've, I've talked with you uh, a couple times, but I've also um, tried working things out with um, – a trade with Josh. Um, and then Tim has also been sending some feelers out there too. So I have to think that the league is at least talking, but um, yeah, it's kind of like you said, I feel, I feel in years past, we've had more trades kind of go on, but since us becoming a three wide receiver um, league in the starting lineup, it's been, people are more reluctant to give away their pieces because at least for me, I feel that you're able to find um, at least startable wide receivers, um, you know, wide receiver twos and threes on teams, but running back depth, it's, it's always been shallow. But now that we have to start three wide receivers, I feel that everybody is trying to hold on to the pieces that they have and they're, they're not so um, willing to, to move their stuff. So, um, but I think, um, I think some teams too, they have some pretty solid rosters in our league. And they don't necessarily need to do anything, but um, but yeah, it's been kind of slow as far as the trades go this year for us. Yeah, I you so you said you did you talk to Josh recently about a trade? Um, I was talking to him last week before those games, trying to work something out. Oh, because when I said uh, before we started this, there might be another trade. I've been talking with Josh since. I think yesterday about around five o'clock when I got off of work and trying to, cause he texted, he came to me. He's like, give me one of your running backs. I said, okay, let me look at what I can do here. And then I told him, I was like, it's going to be rough to trade with you. Cause I have Justin Jefferson. You have Adam Thielen. I have Devonta Smith and you have AJ Brown. I have Aaron Jones and you have AJ Dillon. Like this is going to be, rough to trade anything that would help at least help a little bit of both sides yeah so you'd have to I, double up on one position yeah someone's gonna theory. have to double up so i i offered him he ended up saying no but he might have to come back next week which would be fine with me uh at i offered him aaron jones or 
David Montgomery and uh, Gabe Davis for Devontae Adams. And Devontae Adams isn't playing this week, and he may get a one-game suspension, so might be out for two. So I offered him that. He's been thinking about it for the past day, like almost 24 hours. And the last thing I said to him, I'm like, listen, I'm looking at the lineups, getting ready to do the podcast. If you take this trade, it will help out your chances in winning. And I saw it was against you. So I was like, it will help you out. It will hurt me, but it will help you out this week to get a potential win. But he didn't take it. I thought it was close. And then Eric last night or the day before, we were in trade talks. I asked him if Jamar Chase is available. He said he was pissing him off. I think I offered him Gabe Davis and uh, James Conner, or I would have given up uh, Montgomery for him. And then he said, I hate the interest. I'm interested because then it never turns out good. So that didn't go through. And I'm always in CJ. It's funny. CJ doesn't counter he just no he just straight up says no i'm like do you even want to trade at all you guess if it helps me i said send something else back to me do anything and then tim tim loves to go for justin jefferson a lot yeah and he uh, tried to get a i think his last offer was for justin jefferson and ken walker and it had like devin singletary and he did offer Jonathan Taylor, but I didn't want a piece of that offense. And so what else is like, I can't do that. Ken Walker is a sixth or seventh round keeper for the next year. So it's like, I can't do that. Man, you're already looking that far down the line. Well, I mean, that's why I drafted him. That's why he was still sitting on my bench. And I told Steve, uh, during the football games when he came home, I was like, hey, did you see uh, Rashad Penny uh, broke his leg? He's going to be out for the year. He's like, I just dropped Ken Walker. I was like, well, that sucks. So that's really the main reason I drafted him and just held on because I had a feeling that Penny's a good running back, but he's got to get hurt at some point. It's sad to say it, but he's got to get hurt, so might as well hold on to him. Yeah, he's a good player, but he is – he is uh injured every single year though yeah so there's there's all the i have a, i try i think i text everybody each week try to do something i offered uh last week before those games happened i offered cj uh josh allen gabe davis and david montgomery for joe mixon and Pittman because i'm like he's struggling with quarterbacks and if quarterbacks what he needs. I mean, I need a lot more here soon in the wide receiver department. And I'm kind of glad he didn't take it because then I wouldn't have had the Gabe Davis blow up and Allen putting up points and then Montgomery put up like 16 to help me out. So I guess it was a good thing for me that CJ didn't accept it. Yeah, at least for that week. Yeah. Yeah. So there's. Anything else you want to bring up about trades? You've been feeling out some, sending out some crazy trade offers? Not crazy, I would say. Um, I've been 
really hurting on wide receivers. Uh, it's not that I don't have them. It's just that I don't have any studs. Um, losing Keenan Allen week one um, has really diminished my wide receiver um, kind of uh, output there. So I've just been stuck with a bunch of wide receiver twos and uh, wide receiver threes that I've got to kind of shove into a lineup and, and hope that one of them scores a touchdown. So I've been trying to get some pieces. I did try going after um, AJ Brown from Josh, um, but I don't blame him for not wanting to move that piece. Um, and then obviously I've been trying to, a couple weeks ago, I tried asking you for uh, Jefferson, but uh, yeah, I, I don't blame you there on that. And truthfully, I was hoping that he was going to have the, the week that he picked it back up, I think it was week four, I was hoping he was going to have another bad week because then I think you would have been really nervous at oh, that point. Oh, yeah, that would have hurt. And then everybody, everybody would have been sending offers. And I guess at that point, three bad weeks in a row, but you're also looking at that first game, you had 30-plus points, and you're like, ah. I don't know. That's rough. Yeah. No, uh, I don't I don't blame you. That would have been a tough piece to move, uh, regardless. But yeah, I probably yeah, I mean, did have those three bad weeks. I wouldn't have got anything good back. I probably would have got some not so good pieces. And then if I traded him, then he start being the normal Justin Jefferson. I would have right. definitely lost on that trade. Yeah. I mean but aside from that, though, um, I mean, the wide receiver is kind of where I'm lacking. Like I said, it's just it's just quality, not quantity. Um, but I don't know when Keenan Allen's coming back. I hate the hamstring injuries just because they linger on for so long. Um, and it sounds like he's had setbacks. So I, I don't see him coming back until after their bye week in week eight, truthfully. So eight weeks without your second-round draft pick is – it's pretty rough, but uh, you took Keenan Allen in the second. Yeah, I mean, normally I don't go wide receiver that early, and um, I know that he wasn't the best, but I wasn't sold on Tyreek Hill. And if I were to redo the draft, I think I probably would have taken Tyreek Hill uh, either the second or third round before Eric got him. But you know, uh, hindsight is twenty twenty, right? Oh, yeah. Well, a bunch of people would have said that. I think I was listening to the fantasy footballers. Uh, but didn't finish the episode today, but they were talking about how pretty much all, like, the first-round running backs haven't really hit that much, and Saquon Barkley would be the first overall pick, and it's crazy. Yeah. No, I'm surprised by his, his uh, performance so far. I mean, he's done it in years past. It's just, you know, can he stay healthy is the – that's the kicker. Well, you could say that with anybody. If anybody could get hurt any given play. That's true. Yeah. All right. Let's let's go ahead and hop into the first matchup here. The first one I have is uh, Super Lamario, which is team owner of Zach, going up against Dak Alive, question mark, which is team owner of CJ. Uh, when I did this earlier, the projections were 109.85 for Zach and 105.57 for CJ, and Zach's favored 
the quarterback matchup here, Zach has Lamar Jackson going up against the Giants. They give up 14.4. CJ has Carson Wentz going up against the Bears, and they give 15.3 on average. I'm leaning more on Lamar Jackson's side just because of his rushing ability. Yeah, I mean, um, that's the obvious pick here. I know that he's kind of had two underwhelming weeks as far as Lamar Jackson production uh, goes these past two weeks, but um, this should be an easier matchup for him. Um, probably a bounce back week, but you know, that offense is just kind of, it's kind of weird, especially since they can't seem to play a whole game worth of, you know, quality, but, uh, but yeah, between the two, it's, it's Jackson over Wentz every day. Yeah. It's, it's tough sitting there watching those games. It's, they're balling in the first half, starting out a little slow in the third, but doing okay. And then the fourth, they're just – who knows what they're doing. All right, for, first wide receiver matchup here. Zach has uh, Stefan Diggs going up against Kansas City. It's an easy matchup with the numbers, 31.8 fantasy points given up. CJ has Mike Williams going up against Denver. It's a tough matchup. Denver gives up a total of 20.2 on average. Uh, it's tough going up against Diggs with anybody. I mean, there's really three solid wide receivers you can't go up against. One is Diggs, another is Cup, and the other one is Justin Jefferson. It, it's really the those are the top three in their own separate tier. So I can't really go up against Diggs with anybody picking Diggs over anyone. So I'm going Diggs over Williams. Yeah, I think I'd, uh, I'd, I'd agree with you there. Um, not to mention the matchup is probably better, though, too. Um, probably the two best offenses in the in the league going up against each other uh, this weekend. So um, I expect a lot of points. And, you know, the way you catch up if you're down is by throwing the football. So um, I, I think only the receivers are going to be – I think they're going to be the biggest beneficiaries of, of this game. But – I think Mike Williams will have a good game too. I mean, still no Keenan Allen, so he's he's seeing majority of the volume over there and and um, in LA. So, but um, up against Diggs, though, I I would pick Diggs for this week. Yeah, and it seems I haven't been watching many Chargers games, but just hearing Eric talk about uh, Herbert and the lack of production he's given him in fantasy, I'm assuming that it's not going good unless you, if you have Austin Eckler in that offense, that Eckler has been having pretty good games these past two weeks. Yeah. I mean, th- those two are the biggest pieces in their receiving game, surely. But um, I mean, with, without, I feel that um, without Allen there, Justin Herbert's efficiency is also plummeted. I think over the past three seasons, uh, the three seasons prior uh, Herbert and Allen have uh, at least had the most, you know, uh, receptions uh, out of any quarterback wide receiver duo in the league. Um, I don't remember if it was the the most yardage. I, I doubt it is, but at least they have, they seem to have what's a really good uh, connection between the two of them. So I think when he gets back, that offense just gets that much better. Um, but it's just kind of tough because he's only really re- relying on Williams and um, and then um, also the running back as well. I can't think of his name right now. Um, Eckler? Eckler, yeah, Eckler. 
Yeah, so, all right, going to the next wide receiver matchup. Zach has Cortland Sutton going up against the Chargers. They give up 30.6. And CJ has Terry McLaurin going up against the Bears, and they give up 24.1. Ultimately here, I went with uh, Terry McLaurin over Cortland Sutton, uh, just still with that Russ situation and Russ not really cooking. Uh, it's really – tough to just go with Russ. I mean, what, last game, they didn't even – that whole game, I don't know. I can't remember who uh, – was it the Broncos and Colts? There wasn't a single touchdown scored. So, I'm going with the chance that Carson Wentz just starts heaving the ball deep up to Terry, and especially if Jahan Dotson is still uh, not playing. That's also a key factor in McLaurin scoring points. So, I, I went with McLaurin over Sutton. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, I think the target share uh, between the two, Sutton definitely has the advantage. Um, but like you said, if if Washington's missing a piece in the receiving core, um, I think this is a very winnable game for them, too, going against the Bears. Um, so I I expect uh, McLaurin to do okay this, this week. And the last wide receiver matchup here, Zach has Chris Godwin going against Pittsburgh. Uh, they give up 41.5, which is the best uh, situation you can have for one of your wide receivers. Great week for him going up against Michael Pittman in Jacksonville. They give up 24.3. I think it's no-brainer. Uh, Chris Godwin first came back last week from his injury, or he probably was back. I think it was week one or week two, but didn't do much if I do remember. But Chris Godwin being back last week, getting six for 61, I think it's only up for here from here for Chris Godwin. So I went with Godwin over Pittman. Yeah, I um, this was kind of tough because I think Pittman is underperforming this year. Um, it could be the quarterback, um, but Godwin has been consistent at least the past two games coming back from injury. Um, it's just how, how far – of a lead does Tampa Bay get before they have to stop throwing the football. So um, I, I would lean more towards Godwin in this matchup too. Right on. All right. First running back matchup. Zach has Alvin Kamara going up against Cincinnati. They give up 15.4. It's a tough matchup with the numbers. And CJ has Joe Mixon going up against New Orleans. It's kind of a tough matchup as well. 16.9. Uh, uh, going with Alvin Kamara. I mean, I would say, oh, Taysom Hill will take away some of the uh, fantasy value from that. But even last week with Taysom Hill getting those 30-plus points, Alvin Kamara got 20 couples. So I don't think it's going to take away too much from him. And Joe Mixon has been looking rough this year. Uh, really surprised on that part. Even with that whole offense, it's kind of surprising uh, from where they were last year. So Alvin Kamara over Joe Mixon. Uh, this one's tough. Uh, it's interesting. They're both playing each other too. Um, I don't, I don't know. Kamara's kind of, he seems like he's having an off year too. I mean, last week he had a great week. Um, let's see, he had 23 rushing attempts. So that's, that's quite a lot. I think I'm going to go Mixon in this matchup here. Um, he gets the volume. Um, he sees at least 12 rush attempts on the ground each week. Most of them, you're probably averaging over 20 attempts a game. Um, I think he was rushing really well last week. It's just, I've, I don't know what's going on with that offense either. The, the offensive line just doesn't seem to be doing their job as well as they need to be. Um, 
but I, I think Mixon will turn it up here eventually. Um, it, it may be this week, though. So I, I'm going to stick with Mixon, though. Oh, I got a Twitter notification. Jake Funk, who cleared waivers today, is signing with the Saints. The old Maryland boy getting a, another opportunity. It's kind of interesting. We were just talking about Alvin Kamara and the Saints. All right, next running back matchup here. Zach has Jeff Wilson going up against Arizona, uh, Atlanta. They give up 21.3. CJS, Saquon Barkley going up against Baltimore, 19 points. I mean, Saquon Barkley is just on a tear right now, and he is that offense. No one's really taking any type of touches or targets away from him. So ultimately, I'm going Saquon Barkley. Yeah, agreed. I don't think we have to spend much time on this matchup here. It's just he, he looks like he's back to his, his regular self, so he, he's fun to watch. Um, but, yeah, definitely Barkley over Jeff Wilson here. Right on. Uh, tight end matchup here. Zach has Taysom Hill going up against Cincinnati. I just wrote a star next to uh, what the opposing team gives up because he lines up as a running back. He's a tight end. He's out in the slot or outside and passing down, so I don't know what to project him. Uh, and CJ has Hayden Hurts going up against New Orleans. It's a tough matchup. They give up 5.2. You know, I'm going Taysom Hill. Uh, James Winston still isn't back, and I feel like it's going to be the Hill show until Winston gets back, so I'm going Taysom Hill. Yeah, I think uh, anytime you can slide in somebody who's – taking snaps under the center into your tight end position, you're going to start them and, you know, they're, they're going to have a better chance for success. Um, so, I mean, there's still a lot of receiving um, people in Cincinnati. Uh, they have three big receivers, not to mention, you know, the tight end here. So it's just like a lot of mouths to feed. Um, but yeah, Hill, I think is going to get uh, more production here. Yeah. All right. And for the flex here, Zach has Brian Robinson going up against the Bears. It's easy matchup, 23.5. CJ has Brandon Ayuk going up against Atlanta, and that is uh, 32.6. It's an easy matchup. Uh, I'm not that yet sold on Brian Robinson until I see a game that kind of like defined a Damian Pierce type of play. Uh, we know he's probably going to be the starter taking snaps. Well, we have to see it from him before we can start crowning him these type of matchups. And I I still like Brandon Ayuk a lot. It's an easy matchup for him. And uh, ultimately, I do believe he will get more involved into the game. So I'm going Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, I, I would too. Um it's interesting, though, Robinson, at least last week between the three running backs in Washington, I think he saw the most rush attempts on the ground. And he didn't do much with them, only 22 yards. But uh, I only expect that to grow. But like you said, we need to see results before we can start trusting to put him in our lineups. Um, but, yeah, I think Ayuk just hasn't been benefiting from Garoppolo because he spreads the ball around uh, pretty, pretty well. But um, I don't know. I think they, they have a little bit of a rapport with each other over the past couple seasons. So um, I just feel more comfortable starting, starting him. Yeah. So that's all for this matchup. 
ultimately here uh, for CJ's games up until last week. I haven't got any of his matchups correct, uh, but last week I did. So I think I'll start getting his correct now. I'm going with Zach here over CJ. Okay. Um, well, I'll be in CJ's corner this week. I'll pick him. Um, I know I think going through picked more of Zach's players, but I think uh, I think CJ still has a pretty good team. Just some of the players just haven't broken through just yet. But yeah, I'll stick with him. All right, CJ over Zach for you. I'm picking Zach. Uh, I am on Zoom and I'm not paying for the upgrade. So we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. Uh, go ahead. All right, we are back. The next uh, matchup here is Flint Tropics with Eric. Uh, he's projecting 123.42 going up against Silence of the CD Lamb, which is team owner of JT. He's projected 108.33, so just off that, it's uh, it's not looking good for JT. Uh, Eric's favored 62%. So looking at the quarterback matchup here, Justin Herbert against Denver for Eric. It's a tough matchup. Denver gives up 10.9 fantasy points. But one thing I wanted to bring up, some of these like numbers are – it's rough to go off of just based off the numbers because Denver's gone up against Geno Smith and uh, – what is it? Matt Ryan. So it's not really top-tier quarterback play, so it should be better for Herbert. And then JTS Patrick Mahomes going up against Buffalo – it's a tough matchup for them. Uh, they give up 10.6, and they kind of got the stats to prove it. I mean, they went up against Tua, which Tua was doing great for fantasy before he got hurt, Lamar Jackson. So uh, just looking off the numbers and hearing that, Herbert is having a rough little go so far without Keenan Allen, like we said earlier. So I'm going Patrick Mahomes just because even though if the game starts out rough, just like that Monday night game, he's still going to come back and do good despite not having Hill and having Travis Kelsey helps him out a lot. So I'm going Patrick Mahomes over Justin Herbert. Yep, me too. I think there's only maybe two, maybe three quarterbacks that you can pick ahead of Mahomes. But, I mean, going, against, going up against Buffalo, you have to imagine that these are going to be, you know, high point games and uh, quarterbacks are going to be a large uh, part of that. So yeah, definitely Mahomes over Herbert here. All right. The first wide receiver matchup here, Eric has Cooper cup going up against Carolina. They give up 26 and JTS CD lamb going up against Philly, which they give up 27.6. I mean, can't go anywhere against Cooper cup really out of, over anybody i'd even pick cooper cup over justin jefferson it seems like stafford just throws to him and what cd lamb going up against philly i mean we saw justin jefferson go up against philly and he didn't do diddly so uh cooper cup yeah definitely um guy's just too consistent and it's like you said stafford only seems to look in his direction so it's uh, there are no other receivers on the field um you know uh, it, the ball only ever goes to Cooper Cup, so um, he just has too much volume to to not take over any other receiver in the league. 
All right. So next wide receiver matchup here, Tyree kill for Eric going up against uh, Minnesota. They give up 25.9 JTS Curtis Samuel going up against Chicago and they give up 24.1. I mean, it's Tyree kill. He's not, he doesn't have, I don't think is Bridgewater playing. I believe he would be, but it's, it's Tyree kill. You only need one big play from him and then you're set. He's outscoring. 85 to 90 percent of the league just off that one catch uh potential and even though curtis samuel could still have a good game i'm not saying that but just to outscore tyree kill i i don't see that this week yeah i know i'm with you i'm i don't think Tua is playing um but you know the backup is they still have to throw the football so um and tyree kill is one of the best in the league so it, it's just hard to turn down you know his his kind of level of play um, to someone like Curtis Samuel. So yeah. Next wide receiver matchup: Eric has Jamar Chase going up against New Orleans. They give up thirty point eight, and JT has DK Metcalf going up against Arizona. It's a tough matchup: twenty three point six. I went with DK Metcalf. I'm going with the wide receiver that I have been doubting pretty much that whole passing offense, but it just seems like. After each week, Geno Smith is just looking better and DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are taking advantage of it. And like I said earlier, Jamar Chase and that Cincy offense is just looking out of sorts. So right now I'm going with DK Metcalf. Yeah, I would too. Um, Do you happen to know uh, from your stats there – how Arizona is up against receivers. You may have already said that, but where yeah, do they, kind they give of rank? up. Yeah. They give up a total of 23.6 on average. So it's like a tough matchup. I mean, Chase's matchup is better. They give up 30.8, but I'm, I'm going with that new Orleans pass rush can still affect burrow and burrow getting uncomfortable and just, Looking out of sort, I would I would have thought last week that Jamar Chase would have had a game against Baltimore, and so with uh, T Higgins, but T Higgins put up zero. Jamar Chase don't think scored, but he did all right in the receiving game with the yards. But outside of that, I would have thought he had like a, a lot better game. So it, that offense is just looking weird to me. Uh, so that's ultimately why I went DK Metcalf, even though he has a worse matchup, but I'm going with that uh, Seattle's going to have to throw in there. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm with you. He's, Metcalf has been producing ever since Todd traded him. So um, I, I don't know. He and Lockett have both looked really good these past several weeks. So, um, yeah, I'm going to continue to ride the hot hand there. All right, first running back matchup, Eric has Nick Chubb going against uh, New Orleans or uh, New England, and it's a tough matchup with the numbers. Uh, 15.9 fantasy points in total given up. JT has Dalvin Cook going up against uh, Miami. They give up 23.1, so it's a better matchup. It's an easier matchup for Cook. But right now, like you said about riding the hot hand with DK, I'm riding the hot hand with Nick Chubb. I think he's there with Saquon Barkley and being the one and two top scoring fantasy running backs this year so far. And it looks like they're just, it doesn't matter what, what Hunt's doing. Hunt's getting his fantasy points, but it doesn't look like it's really taken away from Chubb. Yeah. 
I'm with you. Um, just looking at Chubb's stats here this year, he only has one game under 100 rushing yards um, with the second game, 17 rushing attempts for 87 yards, which is still really good. Not to mention he also had three rushing touchdowns that game. But the guy is just continuing to put up large amounts of yardage and big points every single week. And I don't know how you can not select him here. He may not be the best uh, guy in PPR or half PPR format, but I mean, he's just so consistent. You can't say you can't, you can't pick many other running backs ahead of him. And Dalvin cook, while he did have a fantastic game last week, I think the consistency is more of an issue there. Sometimes the Vikings look good. And then other weeks they just, I don't know what they're doing, but um, I think between the two, Nick Chubb is the obvious pick here. And you could probably say that Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb was probably be the uh, knockoff cheap version of a Derrick Henry. Yeah. Although I think he's doing a, little, he's doing a he's, bit better than yeah, Henry. Yeah, but... a bit better. All right. So the next running back matchup here, Eric has, this is fun. James Robinson going up against Indiana. Uh, Indianapolis Colts, and they give up 19.8. JT has Travis Etienne going up against the same team, gives up the same numbers. You ultimately got to pick whoever you think is going to have the better game. I wanted to pick Travis Etienne just because I think he's getting more involved and more touches. I think I saw a TikTok or something that said uh, to go snag him or try to trade for him because his productivity is starting to rise each week. But right now I'm sticking with James Robinson. Ooh, I think I might have to go against you here. And, but it's for the reason that you were saying is that ETN seems to be more involved in the game now and he is producing more. So on the touches that he does get, he's making bigger breaks. He's getting more yards per carry, more yards per touch. Um, so I'd have to go ETN here, but I don't know. This is just a really weird backfield still because they touch the ball the same amount over the past couple of weeks, or they have touched the ball the same amount. So it's where, where's the workload going to go. And it's just kind of tough to, to pick and choose at this point. But I think as the year goes on, it's going to start, they're going to start relying more on ETN and seeing what he can do. Yeah, I can see that happening, but I don't know. I thought they were, this is just, me rambling on which i'd like to have especially with the guest i i still don't understand why they drafted travis Etienne last year especially in the first round when james robinson had that great year so it was just all weird and i was a huge fan of james robinson uh, i like the guys that come out of nowhere and you know get their chance and they explode it's kind of like the Philip Lindsay, and then all of a sudden next year new coaches come and then they draft someone pretty high, and then that guy is just forgotten about. Uh, I mean, Philip Lindsay, the year he came in as a rookie, undrafted rookie, he was phenomenal. And then right. they went and signed, I think it was Melvin Gordon to his first year there. And then I was just like, why? Why do why do people do this? You got a cheaper option at running back, you can spend the money elsewhere. But just me rambling on. Uh, tight end position here. Eric has uh, Robert Tunyon going up against the Jets. They give 8.9 up. And then JT with Travis Kelsey going up against Buffalo. It is a tough matchup with the numbers, 5.5. But that's just he's listed as a tight end. So that's where I got the numbers. But he is their 
number one option in that offense. So those numbers are forgotten about when it comes to picking a winner. It's Travis Kelsey. Yeah, it's um, just like how uh, Stafford only looks at Cooper Cup. It seems like Mahomes really only looks towards Kelsey in that offense. So, I I mean, there's just too much volume um, to turn away. And it looks like, uh, I guess, Aaron Eric normally starts uh, Waller. It looks like he's on a bye. Because I could have swore I saw Tanyan on the, the waivers earlier today, but it uh, looks like he snagged him and, and put him in. Who's just He's just touchdown dependent. Um, so that, that's really the only thing that, you know, makes his fantasy today. But, yeah, definitely Kelsey here for me. Yeah, and well, when I was talking to Eric about the trade for uh, Jamar Chase, during the game, I even texted him. I was like, hey, Waller isn't doing shit. Uh, I'd give you George Kittle or Tyler Higby. I mean, I'd do a swap there because if I got Waller and then he still does nothing, I still have Kittle or Higby. So I thought that would have nudged him over, but I guess not, which I, I understand why. Uh, so with the flex option here, Eric has Melvin Gordon going up against the chargers. It's an easy matchup, 28.9 given up to the running backs and JTS Tyler Lockett going up against Arizona, which is a tough matchup. Like we said earlier, 23.6. And like last week I was talking about JT's team starting DK and Tyler Lockett. It's like, I think it was like two years ago. I had, uh, I think I ended up having at one point DK and Tyler Lockett. And it was like with Russell Wilson cooking at the time, it's like, you, you can't go wrong without playing these two at the same time in the same lineup. And it's, it's working now. Uh, but it is a tougher matchup. I could see it happening again with both of them having great days. I'm going with Melvin Gordon just this week. Uh, there is a bunch of question marks for me. Uh, who really is going to be the lead horse? Uh, Gordon's here. Uh, Mike Boone might be getting more involved. Uh, and then Latavius Murray was signed last week, didn't play, and now he could get a better role. So it's a bunch of question marks there, but I, I like the safer option in a running back. Uh, so I'm going Melvin Gordon over Lockett. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there. I, at least for a flex position, whenever you can put somebody in there that's a running back and will get guaranteed touches, I, it just makes me feel more comfortable because um, they're getting more volume. So I'd have to go Melvin Gordon here. Um, but so I played JT last week, and yeah, he's playing the two receivers for Seattle. And you have to think that it's an unwise decision, but. The past several weeks, it's really been paying off for him. And you have to think eventually that it's going to stop and that one of them is eventually going to have a bad game just because you can't have two guys produce at such a high level, it almost feels like. But um, especially guys that don't catch the football a lot. They get like five catches a week, but they're big play guys. So they'll make they'll get the yards and then they'll score. And then it makes your fantasy day. But you have to think that eventually one of these guys is not going to have a good week. One may, but the other is certainly going to underperform. So, um, but, but like you said, I'd be more comfortable selecting a, 
or putting in a, a running back into my flex uh, spot than a receiver. Yeah, so ultimately here, I think it's a no-brainer. Eric's probably going to win this game, so that's going to be my pick. For the yeah, I, th I think so too. As much as I don't like saying it, um, yeah, I think Eric will. He, his team looks pretty. There are a few holes in his team, so um, yeah. Well, we may start seeing a hole here with James Robinson starting to lose his role, and if Melvin Gordon loses his role, they'll probably put a little damper on things. But you got to think he has a what brain fart. He's got Josh Jacobs. Uh, Josh Jacobs, which I I loved him. I loved him every year. I usually draft him, but where he was going, I wanted wide receivers, and he's just having a hell of a year. So even with those two on their way out potentially for Gordon, uh, having Josh Jacobs it just fixes that little role for him someone needs yeah. to hurry up and trade him and try to get some of these pieces out of here so he makes a mistake yeah if you can do it go for it <laughs> i i tried already but he's he's stubborn it's hard to talk to him and when he's on his high horse he's on his high horse and nothing you say or do can you got to play into that say eric i know you have such a good team man you'd be you got to be willing to move some of your great players away right Oh, yeah, with your great fantasy management, great yeah. draft strategy. He's, he's got a big ego. Just, just <laughs> you just got to play into it. You know what? I might have to try that next week when I do my daily uh, Monday, Tuesday, looking at everybody's lineups. I might, might have to just uh, honey dick them or something. <laughs> All right, going into the next matchup here. Step bro, I'm stuck with just team owner of Todd. He's projected 111.48 going up against Watson's massage parlor. And that's team owner of Tim. Did, did you see his profile picture? Yeah, I didn't did you understand see that it at first. No, 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 I didn't see. Oh, TikTok. dude, there was a, uh, there was, I'm not saying, there was a guy uh in a public like pool like a hotel pool and he's talking to that lady and then he's just butterball naked and jumps up and like puts his butt up like smacks her across <laughs> with his butt i'm like dude that's wild you're in public but whatever i thought that was funny when i saw it i tim that you got points for that one yeah nicely done tim uh for like the quarterback matchup here uh Todd has Joe Burrow going up against New Orleans. They give up 15.6 on average. And Tim has Kyler Murray going up against Seattle. Easy matchup, 19.7. Uh, I went – don't have to go too much in it. I've already talked about uh, the Bengals offense enough uh, that I'm having concerns. So, ultimately, Kyler Murray, especially Kyler Murray next week when he has Hopkins come back, I think that's just – he's just going to start eating – and start to be like at least I think he's at five right now five or six quarterback rankings for fantasy so far and he has to at least go up to four uh come next week so right now I'm going Kyler Murray over Burrow yeah I think so too um just looking at Burrow's stats he is pretty steady I thought he was doing much worse than what I thought but I think I'm trying to go off of how he performed at the end of last season and in the playoffs where he was throwing over four, 400 
passing yards a game and several touch uh, touchdowns, but the offense just isn't what it was last year, but he's still doing really well. But uh, Kyler Murray is, um, I think he's just a more versatile quarterback because he can run as well. Um, but yeah, it'll be exciting to see what happens, you know, once he gets Hopkins back because his passing touchdowns are low, but he's still producing okay fantasy wise. Um, but yeah, that can only improve once he gets his best receiver back into, into, uh, or onto the field. Yeah. So, all right, going into the first wide receiver matchup, Todd has T Higgins going up against new Orleans, 30.8. And then Tim has Marquise Brown going up against Seattle. And that's 23.6 on average, given up to that position. I, I said this going into the season, I mean, it, it made me feel like I did it, like people around me I, that I didn't like T Higgins. I was saying I'm not drafting T Higgins. I don't like that. I don't like him. He's a great wide receiver, but I think the main reason why I said I didn't like him is because of where he was going. I mean, he was going in like the third round in some drafts. I think he went into the third round as in our draft as the a second wide receiver on a team. So I just thought that was just crazy to give that much draft capital up. And then you see, like, last week, he – I mean, any given player can put up a goose, but he he was healthy. He was not a scratch. He played in that game, got a zero. So it's – I don't – too much Cincinnati talk in this podcast. Uh, I'll go with Marquise Brown if that helps. Uh, I just – Marquise Brown's, I think, the fifth wide receiver in points this year so. Marquise Brown. Uh, just to, I guess, go back. Uh, Todd had him as the keeper last year. I don't know what round he drafted him in. Um, so he wasn't actually drafted at all. But yes, yes you are yeah. right. His, yeah. he, he was, you know, in, in the projections of where he was supposed to be. It was super high. But I think it's, I think it's weird selecting a receiver that high. That's the kind of second receiver to a football team with with an even better one with Jamar Chase that you would be just taking a round or two earlier. So, but anyway, back to the the matchup. Uh, definitely Marquise Brown. I mean, just looking at his stats, he's had over double digit targets for the past four weeks and uh, touchdowns in two of those appearance appearances. Uh, I mean, he's he he's performing much better than I thought he would. I don't know how long it's gonna last. You know, with Hopkins coming back. I was, just, but, I was just about to bring that up. Do you think it's going to be? Do you think it's going to be the same, a little less, or like a dramatic drop off when Hopkins comes back? I think it'll be a little bit. I think. I think at the beginning, if you were watching some of the Cardinals games, um, uh, Murray was spreading the ball around a decent bit, um, but with Brown having, you know, an equally or in this case, a better talented receiver coming back. Uh, I think that helps him because he's not going to get focused on as much by de defenders. Um, but I think he'll, I think he'll more or less be where he's at now, if not slightly uh, diminished a bit in terms of uh, production. Right on. All right. Next wide receiver matchup here. Todd has Debo Samuel going up against Atlanta. It's an easy matchup. 32.6. And Tim has Chris Olave going up against Cincinnati. 
Uh, and it's a tough matchup, 22.7. Uh, I mean, it's Debo Samuel. He gets rushing attempts as well. He's one of those that it's hard to also pick against. Uh, I'd say he's a tier below uh, the Diggs, the Cup, the Jefferson. I think he's right below them, but he's also kind of like in his own tier because he gets those rushing attempts on a daily basis. So, and Chris Olave, he has a lot of potential still. He, if Michael Thomas does miss out again, it's going to be good chances for him. But Debo, he's, he doesn't compare to Debo. So I'm going to Samuel there. Yeah, I, I would still go Samuel here. But I think it's a good play on Tim's part, though, still. Olave has been uh, a pretty sneaky pick. Um, normally, rookie receivers don't really pan out as well as this. Uh, but I think where Tim got him, it, it, he's producing at a high level, and he, he looks really good. But like you said, though, is if Michael Thomas is out, um, this could be a more closer matchup than you would think, just because um, I think I expect New Orleans to be down in this game and have to play catch-up. Um, so if they got to throw the football, um, I think Olave is going to benefit more than you know someone like Jarvis Landry. Um, in the passing game. All right. All right. But yeah, yeah okay. Debo Samuel here over the two. All right. All right. Now, next up, Michael Thomas for Todd going up against Cincinnati, uh, 22.7. It's a tough matchup. And then Tim has another rookie, Garrett Wilson, uh, going up against Green Bay. They give up 23.9. Uh, if Michael Thomas plays, I'm going with Michael Thomas. I haven't really looked at Todd's bench to see who he might pull up there, but if Todd does do a sneaky switch, I don't see another option to do than Garrett that would beat Garrett Wilson. So right now, Michael Thomas, if Thomas doesn't play, whoever Todd puts in, I would pick Garrett Wilson. Yes, I'm with you here. Um, yeah, once you started mentioning – who would Todd put in? I just looked at his bench and yikes. Um, I think he had like Palmer. Palmer was in there and someone else. And I, he kind of offered me Palmer and that other person, whoever the other wide receiver was for Isaiah McKenzie. And I was like, I don't want Palmer because when Keenan Allen comes back and that's just even worse. And that's not as a high passing offense as, the Bills offense. So, yeah, whoever – yeah, Michael Thomas, he, if he doesn't play, Garrett Wilson. He, so, Todd still has Calvin Ridley on his bench. <laughs> he's, he's not – he's not – oh, gosh. That just seems foolish. <laughs> I mean uh, – No, I understand, but uh, – He could – I don't know. Come back and not want to play for Atlanta, get traded to some other pass happy offense, and then Todd will look like a mastermind. Yeah, I mean, it's looking at his bench, though, I don't think it's wise, but I somehow Todd is winning football games. You know, he's he's got a positive record, so um, you know, if he can afford another bench spot to keep him there, um, sure, but. I think his bench looks really weak. That might be the weakest bench in the league. It could be. Uh, going into the running back here, 
Uh, Todd has Austin Eckler going up against Denver, 17.2. And Tim has Jonathan Taylor going up against Jacksonville, 22.1. Uh, I got to ride the hot hand and stick with Eckler. I mean, Jonathan Taylor was the pretty much a consistent 101. Uh, he went 102 in our league. So I like Jonathan Taylor, but if I had the 101, I would have probably went with Christian McCaffrey as well. I mean, Jonathan Taylor is a good running back, but one one year isn't going to sell me on most players or even running backs uh, because they can go away quickly, get hurt and all that. So Austin Eckler over Jonathan Taylor. Um, so maybe Tim made a change because he's got Kareem Hunt in here now. Is um, is Jonathan Taylor on there? Because Cream Hunt's under him on my sheet. Uh, no, he's got Jonathan Taylor on his bench right now. Oh, so I guess in the time of me printing these off around six o'clock, six thirty, he probably made a change. Who does he? So you said he has Hunt in that slot. Yes. Well, just reading the kind of recap from Yahoo kind of news that. He didn't have Jonathan Taylor didn't practice today, so I think I think Tim's just expecting that they're gonna rest him another week. Um, all right, so then either Austin Eckler or Kareem Hunt going Austin Eckler, yeah, yeah, I, I think so too. Um, looking at Kareem Hunt's stats, the only the only games that he's busted into double digit uh, fantasy points are the weeks that he's actually scored touchdowns so um it's not that he's a bad running back it's just that you know he's very touchdown dependent but and his um, matchup is against new england and they give up 15.9 which is a tough matchup yeah that's tough to divvy um when you're sharing a backfield with uh chubb but um yeah eckler eckler's looked really good these past two weeks um i hope his production kind of keeps up because he was looking it was looking kind of scary at the beginning of the year, the first three weeks, but um, it looks like he's kind of back to his normal self. Um, yeah, I think, I think he looks great. All right. So this, this messes up uh, with the rest of this. Uh, so I did have for the next matchup, it was uh, Todd has Ezekiel Elliott going up against Tim's Kareem Hunt, and I picked Kareem Hunt, but now he has Devin Singletary in there. Uh, Zeke's going up against Philly. They give up 19.4, and Singletary don't have those stats at the moment of what Kansas City gives up to running backs, and that just made it an even more tough decision uh, because Zeke is so scary to pick, and I feel like so scary to play. He was drafted, what, in the third round? So, uh, for some reason, I like Singletary. And you know what? I'm going to stick with it on Tim's side and pick Singletary over Zeke. Interesting. I will do the opposite, um, just going off of their volume. Um, Zeke has been underwhelming this year but he still is getting a ton of touches. I mean, last week he had 22 rushing attempts the week before 19 and then prior to that 15. So, I mean, he is, he's getting a lot of touches. Um, you just kind of help 
have to hope and pray for a touchdown here. But um, both of them are going up against very good teams that are likely going to score a lot of points. So just I would kind of temper expectations between both of these guys here. But I think I'd give the edge to Zeke in this case. Oh, all right. Something to look at. I like to keep track to see who you pick every once in a while compared to my pick. Uh, tight end here. Don't think we got to get too heavy into it. Todd has Irv Smith going up against Miami. It's an easy matchup for him. They give up 11.5 on average, but Tim has Mark Andrews going up against the Giants and they give up 7.9. Just going to rock with Andrews on this one. Got to, right? Yeah, might as well. I mean, I have him in Dynasty and I have him in another, at a big, at like a three person keeper league. So, I mean, I'm always happy to go with Andrews. I mean, it'd be a different story if next year, if Lamar doesn't get his money, which, uh, that's might as well just say fucking and pay him. So, overall for his career, looking awesome for Andrews. But if Lamar does leave, does Andrews still have that type of, power that type of fantasy performance it it's kind of kind of fun to think about of things that potentially won't happen uh so yeah andrews over Irv smith yep all right for the flex here todd has Brees hall going up against tim's mostert hall's going up against green bay they give up 20 points and tim's mostert going up against minnesota they give up uh 22 so i went with Brees hall he he's starting to become a hot hand to always have to stay in your lineup, which I knew it was coming. It was, uh, I said that at the beginning of the year, it was either it was him and someone else that like, it's going to get a little bit uh, for them to get going, especially with uh wide receiver rookies. Uh, second half is always the time for the rookies to come up. Brees Hall's looking great. So I'm, I'm going Brees Hall. Yeah, I will too. Um, it's kind of interesting. Both of these backfields are pretty uh, 50-50 splits. I would say that Brees Hall has definitely been more favored these past few weeks, and he looks good. He's producing um, at a great level, especially if you're going to slot him into your flex position. Um, he looks great. Uh, Todd actually has Michael Carter, too, which I was confused at why the Jets kind of – because I thought Michael Carter looked good last year it's kind of a similar situation yep the same Jacksonville. Thing with Jacksonville. yeah so i don't i don't know why they felt the need to do it but i think um this one might be paying off in this case though but mostert um at least had a really good game last week and it for some reason i don't know why but miami is just not using chase edmonds the way that we've seen him be used in you know the past um I still think it's a good play uh, for a flex position, especially since um, Tim's had an unfortunate run with injuries in his his running back lineup. But um, I think I would still pick Brees Hall here um, for sure. So yeah. Oh, so I do. I do remember everything in Tim's trade. It was Jonathan Taylor, Garrett Wilson, and Devin Singletary for. Justin Jefferson and Ken Walker. I mean, I give him props for giving him a uh, shooting a shot, but I don't. Yeah, it's not, it's not bad. That's not a it, bad trade. I thought it was pretty bad. 
I'm just really confused by Jonathan Taylor. That offense just sucks. Um, it, it does. It does. That's why, I mean, I saw his name. It was like, ooh, he was second overall pick. That'd be great. But then it's just like, ah, that offense just looks like burning garbage. It's not fun. Yeah. No, it's it's never fun seeing that. I, I've definitely been in those shoes before where you feel comfortable on a you know, high-end RB1 in your first round selection, but they just turn out to be kind of a dud um, like or they get up. injured and you can't do anything about it. But I feel like this year more than any, we've been experiencing that. Like you mentioned earlier, it's all these high end running backs that you take in the first round. They're just not really doing what we thought they would do going into the season. It's like the running backs that you take in the second and third and fourth rounds that are the ones that are really winning your, your, your weeks or your games on a weekly basis. But um, yeah, Jonathan Taylor is just, it's just kind of a strange and sad thing to kind of see because it's a lot of talent. It's just being used in a very bad offense. So overall picking a winner for this game, I'm going to go with the underdog and picking Tim over Todd. Oh, tomorrow. I think I'm going to have to go with Todd, at least for one more week. I think once he starts hitting the bye weeks, it'll be a lot more scary for him. Um, just because, you know, I see who he's got to put in uh, from his bench. But um, I have to put I don't him know. in suspended his... Ridley. <laughs> yeah, he'll have to slot him in there. I don't think he'll do too well. Um, uh, unless he's betting over there and winning some money. Yeah. But I – this one's kind of tentative though, because it's dependent on whether or not Michael Thomas plays because um, I think that's kind of the swinger here. I, I think that um, Todd's team has a little bit more firepower, uh, especially with Eckler there and how he's been performing. But I, I'll say this, Michael Thomas doesn't play. I'd pick Tim. Um, but right now with Michael Thomas in his lineup and if he plays, I would pick Todd. All right. So there's that matchup. It looks like we have time to do two two matchups before we run out of time for my free membership on Zoom. So we're going to take another quick break, and then we'll be right back for the final two matchups. All right, now we're back. Two more matchups to go. Hopefully, we can finish it in that type and then chit chat a little. Uh, next, let my matchup here is Alan's Whip, which is team owner of me. Couldn't think of a really good name at the beginning of the year, but stuck with it. I'm projected 116.82 going up against Spank Bank, which is Peter. Uh, he's projected 108.55. He's four and one. I'm three and two. I'm hoping for a win here. Uh, Kicking off with the first matchup here with the quarterbacks. I have Josh Allen going up against Kansas City. 21.2, easy matchup for him with the numbers. Peter has Jalen Hurts going up against Dallas. Tough matchup, 12.7. But this is is damn near number one and number two fantasy quarterbacks here. So it's really hard to really go against them in other weeks. But since they're going off against each other, I'm going to go with the matchup and Josh Allen over Hertz. Yep, I'm with you. Uh, although it's really close. Uh, Jalen Hurts is 
looking a lot better than I thought he was going to do coming into the season. Not only can he run, but now he's finally throwing the ball, which is different from what we've seen in, you know, the past season. But um, I think this one's going to be pretty close. But we've talked about it before, though, with uh, Buffalo just going up against Kansas City. I, I expect this game to be kind of a shootout sort of thing. And they're going to rely heavily on their quarterbacks for that. So I'd, I'd have to go with Allen in this case. Right on. First wide receiver matchup. I have Justin Jefferson going up against Miami, 30.4. Peter has Christian Kirk going up against any tough matchup, 20.2 in total given up. Uh, with Kirk coming off of last week's performance, I think he got one point something, and he's going up against Jefferson. So I think that one for me is an absolute no-brainer that Jefferson outscores Kirk. Yeah, that's uh... – that's a given there. So the statistic you gave, Indianapolis only gives up 20 points to opposing 20.2 on average. Uh, I get it from Fantasy Pros. It updates each week, and I think it is half-point PPR, but some of the metrics for their scoring might be a little different than our league, but I still think it's pretty cool. At the beginning of the season, it was rough to use that going off of last year's numbers because – it's a brand new team and a lot of things different than last year. So yeah. it, the number I'm waiting, especially for like getting closer to playoffs, these numbers will be a lot more accurate. So, yeah, I think it's because Indy went up against Russell Wilson last week and it, that, that just whole passing game is rough. And I think Houston went up against, or uh, they went up against Houston and that's not a, a renowned passing offense. So they're just – the matchups they've had so far is not compared to, I say, okay. like if Justin Jefferson went up against Indy and they were projected, they give up a 20.2, I think those numbers will be a lot different come next week with uh, if Jefferson went against them. So it's just really based off of terrible offenses so far that Indy's gone up against. Okay. No, I, I see. I, I was wondering how that was the case because the team – stinks but uh okay yeah it does so just poopy matchups for them uh next wide receiver here uh i have devonta smith going up against dallas to give up 27.5 and peter has mike evans going up against Pitt, which they give up the most points to the wide receiver position uh 41.5 in total so definitely riding mike evans and I think he had a great game last week, and it looks like Brady's starting to find his footing. So definitely go with Mike Evans over Devonta Smith. Yeah, I think so too. That Pittsburgh defense is just kind of getting beat up all over the place. Um, but I expect uh, Tampa Bay to get up uh, in this game very early. Uh, but I think Evans will be a big, big part of that. So, um, yeah, I'll have to give it to him. Um, are you – worried about Devonta Smith am I yeah no I mean could he give me a goose like he did in week one and then scare the shit out of me absolutely but then could he put up the game he had two weeks ago it was like 30 some points he had like seven plus catches I believe for 172 and I think it was at least one touchdown so I, I'm cool with having Devonta Smith and Gabe Davis disappear a week 
but then be all right because Aaron Jones will have a game where Justin Jefferson have a game where Josh Allen absolutely outscores the opposing quarterback really help out with that. Yeah. But then when they have their boom weeks, it is just relieving. It is so fun because Gabe Davis week one, 16 points. Then the past three, one week he was hurt. The next was like two points and then three points. And then last week, 30 points. It's just, I have a lot of up and downs watching football when I'm also watching my fantasy players play. Okay. Okay. So why you, why you want them? No, no, no. I'm, I was just looking at his stats here and I'm, I'm just seeing, you know, not, I'm looking at not just the receptions, but it's the targets. He goes four, seven, 12, four, 11. So just the consistency is, is kind of strange, but it's really um, fun to watch. Really. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. Uh, next wide receiver matchup. This is fun. Gabe Davis for me or Peter with Isaiah McKenzie. Uh, they both have easy matchups. 31.8. You got to think Diggs might have, if you go off that Diggs might have probably 20 if low ball 17 of those points. So then, half the other points are <clears throat> half to 10 points are up there for grabs. And eh, I guess I got to go Gabe Davis. Yeah, I think so too. I think Allen looks his way a little bit more. These are very, I think Gabe Davis is a very volatile player. Um, boomer bust, if you will. Um, last week, what three catches for 171 yards and two touchdowns. It's just, awesome. it's just crazy. It's awesome. It's crazy. Not it sustainable crazy. by any means. But, no, um, not one bit. But I I don't know. Isaiah McKenzie seems to be more maybe, reliable. Yeah, a little bit more reliable, but I don't think you're going to get that production, though. Um, but just like you were saying, I think I would rather take a, a week or two where you kind of don't meet your expectations, but then just have a few games a year where he absolutely blows up. But um, I would feel more comfortable starting Gabe Davis over McKenzie here this week. All right, first running back matchup. I have Aaron Jones going up against the Jets, 20.4 is what they give up. And then Peter for McCaffrey going up against <clears throat> the Rams, and they give up the least amount of points to the running back position and 14.1 in total. <clears throat> I It took me a while to do this one, but – Ultimately, I went with Aaron Jones. I'm probably going to be wrong. Christian McCaffrey is just Christian McCaffrey. And hopefully with Matt Rule being out and maybe with Baker Mayfield being hurt and having, I forget his name, come in. He had a couple of starts last year for that team. His production might skyrocket this week. So ultimately, I'm going with Aaron Jones. Uh, probably, you know what? Nope, I'm switching it, and I'm going Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. I got to go with McCaffrey, too. Um, I think he's a surprise for me this year just because I'm not used to seeing him play for more than two games in a season. Um, so the fact that he's made it through five weeks is really impressive. Uh, but he's he's performing – at a high level each week. It may not be the McCaffrey that we were used to that was scoring two touchdowns every single game and getting catching up. Yeah. Yeah. So 
I mean, he, he doesn't seem to be that. And I don't know if he ever will be with uh, Baker Mayfield under center. But, I mean, he's getting a ton of touches and a ton of production here, too. I mean, there hasn't been a single week yet that he's scored. Let's see. The, the least amount of points he's, he has scored is 12 and a half fantasy points, which I think that's exactly what you want to see from your, you know, the first overall pick in, in the draft. You're at RB1, so just high points, consistency every week. Um, I would just feel more comfortable with him. Um, I love Aaron Jones, but, you know, he's got the ups and downs weeks too. Um, it's all I my know, team does. Huh? I said that's all my team does, except for yeah, Josh. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm worried about that game because, you know, after them losing to the Giants last week, are they going to – I have to think that they're going to come out and not lose to the other New York football team. But that would be a sight to see. But go ahead and put that down the the DraftKings or go over the to West Virginia and put it in a FanDuel and say, "Give me the Jets money line." Yeah, yeah. But uh, we'll see. Maybe maybe Aaron Jones finds the the end zone. I'm I'm still kind of confused on that backfield though too with AJ Dillon. It's it's kind of kind of just weird to me the I don't know who to pick on a weekly basis but um I think the talent Aaron Jones is still the guy oh yeah so yeah I mean I like him but in this case I gotta go McCaffrey right on uh right now I have James Conner in going up against Seattle because if he if he says he's playing I gotta start him I mean I think it's 25.6 is what Seattle gives up it's an easy matchup uh, but Peter has Ramondre Stevenson with Damian Harris being out going up against Cleveland. 26.9 is what they give up. It's an easy matchup. I went Stevenson. Yeah, I think so too. Um, what's Connor dealing with right now? What, what ailment? The ribs? Ribs I, rib injury? I don't know. I, I tried to not look at everybody's injury that pops up on my team because Gabe Davis was injured and it's, then he said he was going to play and then he gives me two points. So, you know what, I'm just going to go with if they're playing, they're in. If they're not playing, then rest up and come back next week because you're going to be in my lineup. Yeah, so, he's, you know, probably, he's probably going to be splitting a lot of carries though too with that uh, Eno Benjamin. And at least Stevenson, I mean, he'll be the beneficiary here because Damian Harris went down and he'll be out uh, at least a few weeks from what it sounds like. Um, but he's been rushing really well um, at least the past few weeks. So, um, yeah, I, I think I think Peter wins this matchup here. Yeah. Uh, one other thing to note is that Peter snagged, you know, Benjamin off of waivers. So... If James Conner doesn't play, he might try to slide him into his flex position here and kind of probably rub, uh, probably will rub it in the the salt in the wound there. Hey, he said he was surprised I didn't go for him. I was like, well, I'm I'm not wasting all that fab on a one to two week thing. I'd rather yeah save it and try to go big on a said next one. And also, if James Conner's out, I can just put in uh. Kenneth Walker and I'll be I'll be all right yeah yeah so going into tight end matchup here I have Tyler Higby going up against Carolina they give up 8.1 if I get 8.1 for my tight end I'll be happy 
Uh, Peter has David Njoku going up against New England. They give up 11.4. He's technically hot. So I went with Ninjoku. He's been having an all right year so far, especially for the last couple of weeks. Uh, Tyler Higby is the second leading uh, receiver in that offense. I saw something. If you're if you're white in the Rams passing offense, you're only getting targets. So you know what I like. I like Higby. He does get a bunch of targets each week. It doesn't turn into touchdowns, but I mean, at least he gets the catches and he gets a couple yards. I would like to start playing. Uh, George Kittle, but I got to go with someone I know is getting a boatload of targets. And but right now I've got David Njoku over Tyler Higby. Um, I think I'm going to go against you on this one here, oh. but just for the same reason that you were talking about with the targets, I'll tend to go there more than anywhere else. And Joku's had a a couple really good games, and then some just so-so or average games though too. So it's it's kind of tough to see, you know, which one are we going to get this week sort of thing. So I think it'll be a good matchup, though, uh, between Cleveland and New England. So it, the game could be at a fairly good tempo where they need to rely on uh, pass catchers um, a good length of the way. So um, we could see a good game from him. But, uh, I mean, Higby with just, you know, double-digit targets the past two weeks. Like you said, it doesn't always translate into high efficiency. But um, I would just feel more comfortable knowing that um, my quarterback's going to throw me the football here. But, you know, we talked about Cooper Cup earlier and that Stafford only throws to him. But it looks like Higby is um, the number two, at least the runner, the runner up there, um, because Allen Robinson doesn't seem to be anywhere to be found in that offense. But, um, yeah, I, I, I think she's still very startable on a week on a weekly basis. All right. So for the flex position here, I have David Montgomery going up against Washington, 21 points to that position. And at the moment, Peter has uh, George Pickens, which I, I like him a lot, especially when Pickett got in there uh, going up against Tampa Bay, 25.8, given up to that position. I thought this one was close, uh, but like I like doing, I like picking a, number one running back for that a said team in a flex because it's more just guaranteed and it's a safer floor but man pickens has that explosiveness i mean he had that catch that looked like a rookie year uh odell beckham it's yeah, the one watch him yeah, i have him in dynasty so right now i'm going montgomery but until um probably when james connor gets ruled out here and he puts in you know benjamin in the flex I would think Eno Benjamin would probably have a better game than Montgomery, but right now go Montgomery. Yeah, I would too. Um, just on paper there, uh, Montgomery's very good. I think his yards per carry is really low, um, just because I don't I don't know if that Chicago offense is very good. They're very young, uh, inexperienced, but I think he's got a good involvement in the passing game though too, which gives him a it gives him a safe floor. Um, I'm actually. Really surprised by the um, projections that Yahoo is giving George Pickens just because of, you know, since Pickett coming under center there, he's been getting more looks. He's been a more consistent player. And they're playing Tampa Bay this week, which I have to think that they're going to be playing from behind. And I, I don't know. I, I have a feeling that 
Pickens can go off this week just, you know, with be, having a familiar quarterback and that kind of connection that they've, they've already had um, going up against a tough opponent. They're going to have to throw the football a lot, and I think, I think he's going to get a lot of looks this week. So, but I'm, I'm still going to go Montgomery here. But I think I like Peter's play in playing Pickens this week. The sneaky pick. Uh, yeah. But overall, I'm going with myself. Why not? I'm going to stick with myself. I think I'm going to beat the four and one team and then take that number two spot. Okay. Uh, I'll back you up here, Ryan. I, I think um, I think you have some decent matchups this week that could net you a lot of points. Um, but I don't know. Your your team is really hard to judge on a weekly basis. You, I don't know. You you. You're kind of quiet, and then you just absolutely go off. And and when your team does go, it doesn't let up. It's 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 either you score 145 points or you score 100. So, um, but yeah, I think I think you got a good chance this week. So, I'll side with you. All right, heading into the last matchup on the day, it's yours. Save the best for last. I got my nut Zach Ertz, which is Josh. He's projected 97.92. Good for you. Uh, Actually, kind of rhymed. That was pretty cool. Uh, I smell trouble, which is your team. Uh, you're projected 106.66. Uh, I tried to help Josh out, but I guess he didn't want my help. Uh, going into the quarterback matchup here, Josh has Kirk Cousins going up against Miami. It should be an easy matchup with the numbers 22.7. You have Tom Brady going up against Pittsburgh, also an easy matchup 22.1. I went with Tom Brady here. He's starting to pick it back up, and I think they're just going to put the pedal to the metal at the beginning of the game, just like Buffalo and Pittsburgh, and Brady's just going to have a field day. And Kirk Cousins, to me, is just is hit or miss this year, and I think Tom Brady's been slowly but surely upgrading in his performances. So I'm going to ride with the GOAT. Yeah, wow. I'm surprised that you are finally siding with him hey, know, after the, the past first, the first two weeks was when you have tom brady and aaron Rodgers. they both have bad weeks well, well you might as well switch it up and then the week two they both still have bad weeks oh fuck it might as well take it i don't know uh, that was yeah to sit there and watch no he, he was he's been looking better um over 350 passing yards the past two weeks but he's also had a a boatload of attempts too, 52 passing attempts which is I would imagine that's probably the highest in the league for the past two weeks. But well, hey, um, man, that's both man's games. not having sex, so he has to let out some steam and some testosterone in some ways. So why not just huck it and chuck it? Sure, but he's finally got all of his pieces back though. Too that's everybody's true. healthy. That's also true. And I, I think that's what with he was waiting on because um, there's you can only rely on, you know, Mike Evans and Fournette for so long. But like you said though, Cousins. Um, I don't, I don't know, a little bit less consistent on a weekly basis, um, which is kind of strange because I feel like he has the weapons every single week. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't think he's ever going to surprise you with a monster game. He's not going to put up 30 points. No. But he can, he can easily get you 20 points. Um, it's just, are you going to get it that week or, or when is that going to happen? So, yeah, I, I, would, I would pick Brady, though. All right, wide receiver matchup here. Josh says A.J. Brown going up against Dallas 
And do you have Amari Cooper going up against New England, 26 even? Uh, I went with Amari Cooper here because uh, Dallas's defense, you probably think that Diggs would be falling around A.J. Brown a good bit of that time. And he's been having a solid year so far, except for last week, Diggs let up a pretty good game uh, to, I forget which wide receiver it was. Uh, but I think it's he's just going to be following around A.J. Brown. And Amari Cooper, he, he's going to give you those games. And I, I think it might be needed because this defense is a little bit more tougher overall, in my opinion, than Dallas's. I feel like you can run a little bit on Dallas. Uh, but I'm going with Cooper because I just have that feeling. And Cooper is always a cheaper option to play in DraftKings and FanDuel and all that, and he gives you those spooky weeks every once in a while. Um, okay, so I think I'm going to go with A.J. Brown um, just because I think he's a better player overall, and uh, I don't know. I think he can kind of tear apart this defense there if they get some openings. Um, it's I guess we haven't really seen it the past few weeks, but I think he's a certain, certainly a capable player. Um, Amari Cooper, he kind of has good games and then he disappears. One interesting note that I've learned about him um, from being his owner is that he only seems to play well on home games. Um, and that's not just the stats from this year. It's also from years past when he played with uh, the Cowboys and the Raiders. Um, and this happens to be a home game. Um, oh, but so you're it, it, against him. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'll in this instance, I'll go with um, AJ Brown just because I think he's a better receiver overall. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm hesitant to start him on his away game weeks, um, is what I'm saying. But I mean, every every game that he's had at home, he's had over double digits targets and a touchdown. Um, and then the games where he's played away, it's been, you know, uh, six targets or less and less than 17 yards total receiving. So um, it's just kind of interesting how that kind of thing happens. And I don't know if you call that superstitious or, or what. You're just but, following um, the stats. But it, it's just something interesting to point out. All right, so next wide receiver matchup here. Josh has Jalen Waddle going up against Minnesota, 25.9. You have Drake London going up against San Fran, which is a tough matchup, 23.6 on average. I didn't even choose a winner here. I didn't even pick a side because uh, Waddle, I guess I, I skipped it and I said I'll come back to it. Uh, Waddle has Bridgewater, and uh, if two is not playing – that's a big hurt on him. And if Bridgewater haven't heard back from the concussion or whatever, he may have a rookie quarterback. I think it was a rookie undrafted quarterback that might be throwing him the ball. So you know what? It's going to be a tough matchup for Drake London, but I'll, I'll give him this one. I would give Drake London the win. Okay. Um, yeah, this one is tough um, just because it's weird. Jalen Waddle started out great this the first few weeks, and then he just disappeared. But I have to assume that he's going to be bouncing back at some point. 
Uh, he's too too good of a player to just kind of go unnoticed on the field um, from your, their quarterback. Um, I would pick him here in this case. Uh, Drake London worries me a little bit. Um, he was questionable. Now he's not. But I may have another receiver on my bench that I might slide into his spot. Um, we'll see how the week plays out, though. Right on. All right, next wide receiver matchup. Josh has Adam Thielen at Miami. They give up 30.4. You have Deontay Johnson going up against Tampa Bay, and they give up 25.8. I went with Adam Thielen because you could think about Adam Thielen, we all know, is the number two wide receiver in Minnesota. Are we starting to think that Deontay Johnson is the number two wide receiver with Pickett at the helm in Pittsburgh? Um, I don't think we're there just yet. This could be a game that determines it just because um, they may have to throw the football a lot, so we'll see where it goes. But, you know, um, last week was the first full game that Pickett and Pickens uh, were on the field together, and Deontay Johnson still saw 13 targets uh, in a game they were down, uh, which is more than what, you know, the other receiver was receiving. Um, but I, I think there might be a place, though, that it starts to taper out a bit. And I think they're going to get to a place where they're going to be on the same page. I don't think they're going to be one's better than the other, but uh, I think they will kind of just level out and become the same right in on terms you. of production. But I, I would pick I would pick Thielen in this case here. I just... I don't really feel comfortable with Deontay Johnson. There's still no scores on the year. Um, everything is just basically coming from volume uh, and receptions from the, the half point PPR um, point uh, uh, format there. But um, yeah, I got a good feeling here, I think. All right. First running back matchup, Josh has Najee Harris going against Tampa Bay. It's a tough matchup, 14.8. They give up the second least amount of points to that position then you have Leonard Fournette going up against Pittsburgh uh, and they give up 20.6 I went Leonard Fournette Najee Harris just hasn't been looking like Najee Harris of last year and that's probably mainly because Big Ben isn't back there just checking it down to him yeah his um, performance has been disappointing this year um it's almost to the point where you kind of question do I even start him um, which which is kind of strange coming from your first overall or your first pick uh, in the draft. But, um, yeah, I, I just feel too comfortable with Fournette right now. Um, and he's, the receivers are back, so he can finally get some work done on the ground and, you know, the short checkdowns that Brady and him like to do. Um, so, yeah, I gotta, I'll be picking Fournette here. All right. Uh, next running back matchup, Josh has AJ Dillon going up against the Jets. You have Clyde Edwards Hilaire going up against Buffalo. Jets give up 20.4, Buffalo gives up 16.7. Uh, might not like this. I went AJ Dillon over Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I think for some reason, I it they're going to be throwing the ball a lot more. In this matchup, like you said, it's going to be a shootout. 
So I see a lot more passes than rushing attempts on both sides. And it just seems to me that Pacheco might be slowly but surely creeping his way into their RB1. So if it is a shootout, I'm willing to see how Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in the Pacheco thing works out. So right now I went with A.J. Dillon. Yeah, I think uh, think I'd go with you on this one here. AJ Dillon's been underwhelming the past several weeks, so maybe he gets a little bit more involved. Um, just because he's had the opportunities, at least, but he's just not doing much with them. Um, but I, I am I'm worried about the matchup. The last time that Kansas City played a really good defense was Tampa Bay, and Clyde Ed- Clyde Edwards-Helaire actually did really well against them, um, especially on the ground. But I just don't know how this game is going to go. I I think it's going to be a High-scoring game, but I think a lot of it's going to be coming through um, the passing work and the receivers, not so much running backs. All right. Tight end matchup here. Josh has Zach Ertz going up against Seattle. They give up 23.6 on average, which that's the most to the tight end position. Uh, That's actually a spooky amount, and with Ertz being his productivity level, is pretty good matchup for him. I think he's going to do extremely well. And you have Dallas Goddard going up against Dallas, and they give up 6.1. I went with Zach Ertz. I'm expecting at least one more solid good week from Ertz before Hopkins comes back. And his matchup is looking great against Seattle with the position and what they give up to that position. So I'll go with Zach Ertz over Goddard. Yeah, I did see that statistic that uh, Seattle kind of sucks against tight ends, but um, which makes me lean this way too. I think I would pick Zach Ertz. Um, he's kind of consistent in terms of how many yards he gets per game. Uh, and is he's definitely getting the looks. Um, maybe just not as many touchdowns as we're used to seeing in years past, but yeah, I'd have to pick him um, over Goddard here. Although I do really like Goddard. Um, He's consistent every week, um, and he's getting looks from uh, Hertz. But uh, in this case here, yeah, I think I think Ertz has the edge on this matchup. All right, going down to the flex, Josh has Tyler Boyd going up against New Orleans, and they give up 30.8. You have J.K. Dobbins going up against the Giants, and they give up 18.3. Uh I got to go J.K. Dobbins. He's the number one running back on that said team. And going with a third option wide receiver, I mean, you got to think Jamar Chase is getting his. T. Higgins would be next. Joe Mixon out of the backfield. Hayden Hurts is getting a decent amount of targets his way. It is really rough to play Tyler Boyd. I mean, if this was three years ago, I would be all for it, uh, but I don't. I think Tyler Boyd's time in Cincinnati of being fantasy relevant is gone. So go, definitely go J.K. Dobbins here. Yeah, I'm. I'm going that way too. I like being able to start a a running back or at least the the top running back in the backfield in your flex spot. I know that his kind of performance has been. At least so-so. I know that he's had one really good week, but 
Um, he doesn't get many attempts on the ground, which is kind of strange, but um, I'd like to see him get involved in the passing game a little bit more. But um, I think this is kind of a tougher matchup than what people might be thinking. The Giants have a pretty good run defense and just defense in general. Um, but so this this one might be ended up coming closer. But yeah, I, I'd pick Dobbins over Boyd here. Like you mentioned, there's just too many mounds to feed. And Boyd has kind of seemed to be the the one who is not uh, benefiting from uh, or benefiting from from the multiple people in this in this uh, system all right all that being said i picked you i picked you to win how about that it looks like two people on the podcast are being picked to win yeah i hope so um i would pick me too but um you know i've, I've just had a rough go let's just say these first several weeks here um so hopefully i don't play josh on his best week um i'll just say that yep that would be tough it'd be different in this matchup if he took gabe davis and then uh david montgomery because then he would have them in there instead of tyler boyd or i don't know where he would put gabe davis if he wanted to flop him in there but it would have made it a lot closer game if he did take that. And probably with my matchup, I would probably be going to lose if he accepted that trade. But if ands and buts. So, all right, Strust, looks like that's the end of the podcast, sir. Thank you for joining me this week. Thanks for having me, Ryan. Um, yeah, I mean, these are always fun. I know that uh, I'm not sure if you've been trying to get more people on the pod. I know at least not last year, but the year prior, you were trying to get some some guests on. But uh, I don't know if you get lonely doing this kind of stuff, but I enjoy listening to them. But if you ever want to reach out, I can try to make myself available for future pods if, if you'd like that. Oh, it's, it's always fun to have others here instead of just me talking because I don't I don't listen to the pod when it's just me. I normally don't listen in general because I just hate the way my voice sounds and how I speak and all that. It's just, it just sounds like nails on a chalkboard, but it is always more fun to just sit here and say my two cents about something. Here's someone else's two cents. If they agree with me, good. If not, I want to know why, and I'd like to talk about it. Uh, it is also fun to do it in person. I know it's, it's going to be tough to do in-person pods, uh, especially since like two years ago, I was away at college and I'd just say I was a college student. I can just go, Hey, fuck it. I ain't doing anything that day. I will drive to your house whenever and easy to do that. And now the group is starting to move out and I can't go down the street to Todd's house. I'd have to drive over there to his house. You moved away. JT's in, uh, where is he? Well, I know he's in Harper's West Ferry. Yeah. Harper's Ferry. Tim's out there. Zach's all the way in Baltimore. So, yeah, it, it is a lot of fun doing it in person, but this is also great too. So, I, I might ask around to see if anybody wants to join in on the, the next one next week. But, yeah, yeah I haven't I been mean, asking this year. But I wouldn't be surprised if people would, would be interested in doing that. I, I know at least a few years ago you were having people on at least every other week, at least every other week. Yeah, it's always it's always fun hearing them. But all right, 
I guess that's the end of the pod. Thanks for joining me. You all might hear stress, you know, maybe in a couple of weeks, we'll try to figure something out. So, all right. Catch you all later. Yeah.